Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we are talking about Season 8, Episode 6, titled The King, The Widow, and Rick. Uh, I'm, I'm If I'm Rick, I'm a little disturbed that I don't get a cool title. Yeah. Everybody else gets, like, an awesome name. I just get Rick. Also, you get that you don't get top billing. Yeah, yeah. If, if I was Andrew Lincoln... I would Talk be. To my agent. I would be talking to people. I'd, I'd yeah. have been talking to him a couple seasons ago. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, like I signed a ten season contract. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that must be the case. It's got to be. So, what do you think of this episode? I mean, this is such a garbage show. It's such. What, a what garbage are you talking show, about? <laughs> but I did find there was some hilarious. Oh, you mean there are garbage people in the show? There's garbage people in this garbage show. They've colonized it and turned it into their own. Um... But there is some just <laughs> hilarious, um, it, and it's it's funny because I don't think they're inti- it's unintentional hilarity. Like just the, just like if you can watch the show and think they give a fuck about suspension of disbelief mm. on a show where a woman uses a rocket launcher on a dude from thirty feet away. Yeah, um, I don't know what to tell you. It's just a, it's, it defies commentary. Like the 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 stuff yeah. of Jadis and the garbage people was hilarious. Um, but stupid. Uh, um, there was, and and here's the The Walking Dead. It had one genuine scene from a better show, and that's between mm-hmm. Carol and Ezekiel. Where I'm like, yes, sure. that's that's it. And there's it's act- the hallmark of the show is we're gonna give you one scene to keep you thinking maybe there will be something. No, good and about like this. and like the 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 forming like a stockade prison inside the hilltop and the added to like that. That's the kind of like real a post apocalyptic politics that I think I enjoy about the show. Yeah. but just not enough of it. No, there's not enough of it. Absolutely, like you could scrap together one and a half compelling episodes out of all of the original interesting ideas that they've had this season. It's 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 yeah. terrible. It's terrible and getting worse. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, the the best stuff in my opinion was Maggie. This episode, I thought she had like a, a lot of re- a lot of really good like thoughtful approaches to things. Yeah. Um, in the face of just sheer lunacy from all sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for you, Maggie. But everything else about it, it's another mess of an episode right. in a string of six now that. I'm ready to pronounce this the worst half season of The Walking Dead ever. Yeah, there hasn't it's been absolute. A sing- there garbage. hasn't been a single like we're looking for single scenes to salvage, and we're right. not like there's always been one or two episodes. Where like, hey, this is actually pretty good and entertaining. Yeah. We're not even. We haven't. You know, six episodes in, we haven't even seen that. So, and it might just be because uh, you're getting theme fatigue. Honestly, like mm. they've gone to the wells that they're going to so many times now that. Even when they would, like, four seasons ago when that that idea, that concept would have been interesting and new, right. it's now just so overdone I'm just saying, and passe. I started this show because Rick shot someone in a tank and deafened himself. Right. And that was really cool that there's a real-world consequence. And then I remember in season three decrying the fact that Rick shoot someone in a concrete box and why why don't we get the like extreme flanging and wah 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 and like that's that's maybe mm-hmm. his hearing's just gone yeah. and in this episode someone blows another person up from 30 feet away with an rpg and like but you want me to believe in a universe that has flashbangs because they use flashbangs um to good effect and like i think the first assault to the satellite like mm-hmm. come the fuck on like rosita would be dead yeah and there Michonne, was no concussive force to that explosion, which it was just a, it was, it was like a, a guy fucking, eraser. It was a, yeah. like a, from a video game. It's it like was. it's like the grenade launcher from Half Life. Thunk! The guy just disappears, and mm-hmm. and you're except for I think but you there take was splash damage. damage. You and, would take splash yeah. damage that close in Half Life. It's 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 ludicrous, but it's funny. 
it was definitely funny, but like, like for the maybe, right reasons. Maybe it's like they they are letting like like they've they've heard the, they are letting a little Z, but I don't I don't mm. think it's true. I think they just don't they just don't give a shit. Like oh, we know what's cool, yeah. Rosita with a rocket launcher. Uh, maybe that's the effects people having some fun. It's bad like, effects the, too the because explosion looked really it, really it looked, bad. It, it looked like they used that app on the iPhone mm-hmm. where you can like fake a missile strike. Yeah, like it's that kind of compositing. Like the and guy combusted no... into a series of sparklers going yeah. off. You know, again, if that happened in real life, Rosita would be dead. The one dude would be yeah. super dead, mm-hmm. and Michonne and Evil Michonne would be knocked out from the concussive force. <laughs> right. And if they w- and they wake up with ears bleeding. Yeah, and the funny thing is, they do this stuff. This is not the first time we've seen an RPG go off, and this is not anywhere near the explosive force of the first RPG that went off. Right. There, there's no consistency either. Right. So sometimes you need an RPG to blow up, I don't know, 12 dudes standing in a massive circle. Right. And it works. Sometimes you need an RPG well, to blow up one Well, they need Star guy. Trek phasers because, like, you know, yeah, those, little do- those, those dust busters that Picard could carry snooze. could cave in a cave they can yep. stun someone they could vaporize an alien because they were adjustable power makes sense. real life weapons yeah. don't do that so you either have to change your plot or you do this and the walking dead is doing this way too fucking much mm. it's it's stupid <laughs> they should have had her look at like a really really big rpg <laughs> yeah. round and then yeah, yeah. and then have her like Oh right. no! And yeah. pick up the smaller uh-huh. one next to it. Yeah, one size of an acorn, mm, and then yeah, like scratch a, your chin, maybe, right. maybe. This is the Goldilocks RPG. <laughs> okay, uh, I think we're ready for the recap. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get into the episode, want to talk about uh, some stuff going on here at Bald Move. Now, if you have not been with us for a long time, you might not know this, but the entire month of De- uh, December, when there's not much going on TV wise, Jim and I do this big Christmas extravaganza. Last year, we had. Uh, the badass bald move Christmas, where we did live watches of Christmas theme action movies such as mm-hmm. Die Hard, Rocky Four, which is famously the Rocky versus uh, uh, Dro- Dra- Drago, Drogo, Dro- Dro- Drogon, Drogon, right? No, I guess I say the fucking Game of Thrones has fucked me up. I'm not <laughs> yeah, even it's, sure. It's Drago. I'm yeah, Drago. Drago. Yeah. I'm Drago. Uh, took place on Christmas. Uh, and then we'd also did Jingle All the Way, Jingle All the Way yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then we went heartwarming on Christmas Day with uh, It's a Wonderful Life. If you join the club, you can get all of last year's celebrations. We also get mm-hmm. rip roaring drunk when we do it. And the year before, I think we were like singing songs. We did and the 24 days of, of Bald Move Christmas where we, we, we decorated a tree with mini booze bottles. And every day we sang a new TV themed verse and, <laughs> and got drunk and, and hammered at lunches. And Guess it's what? It's happening again. If, it, if, if, if that sounds like a good idea, uh, club members get excited because we're coming back. And we're going to kick it off with this, this week's Friday lunch. We're going to announce the slate of movies we're going to be doing and the format so that's going to be real fun and then january rolls around january is still pretty quiet that's when the ball that's baldy season yeah that's when all the big executives start sending in four-year consideration bags of money to us and just just like it's a it's a morally bankrupt ethically questionable process where jim and i from the move, from the list of movies and tv that we've seen tried to derive the, the season's best yeah and it's going to be the leftovers. There, I think there are like six, six or seven thousand hours of bald move content coming out in December and January. Yeah, it's just so, all going to be for club club members. Yeah, except for I guess the baldies is for everybody. The ceremony is yeah. Yeah, and we also got Mr. Robot. And next week we got the Disaster Artist, and a week after that Star Wars. Holy shit! Yep. Uh, yeah, but this week 
this is this, this is Mr. Robot. We're we're actually okay. we're actually preparing the Christmas feast that you will be eating in December behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. that's 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 housekeeping. Come back Friday, check out Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, oh by the way, super good this year. Yeah, way better. Mr. Than Robot is firing on all cybernetic cylinders. It's yeah. it's a really good show. Uh, so yeah, come back Friday. So this. We start off with something that's confusing because I feel like I, they were trying to flash back to show how Rick was sh- was 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 shuffling correspondence with Dwight, but they've had this Holy like Holy shit, I didn't understand this scene. They've got this I think what's happening is they're suggesting there's a post-apocalyptic Kevin Costner postman situation where they've got these small caches of microwaves and they trade letters back and forth even though it's a trivial exercise. Like, they're treating this like it's fucking letters from... Uh, Iwo Jima. <laughs> like, yes, I actually have that in a note. But, like, like it's, it's fucking uh, President Lincoln talking to Ulysses Grant on the battlefield, and there's some kind of fucking Pony Express guy slapping a... Desperately str- slapping a horse ass to try to get it to him in time to... Uh, it's, it's so fucking stupid. They've got walkie-talkies and shit. They do, yeah. So they want, but they're like, you know what's cool? Like, we just watched the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary and, like, all these letters home questioning whether it's super, like, of course, this, that, that wouldn't work out because of filming. But they clearly have seen letters from Iwo Jima and some of this other stuff, and they're aping that style. But it makes, yeah. with no concession to whether it makes sense in this world or not. Yeah, and I, I don't quite understand the logistics of this this whole operation either because, Clearly, Rick's like on the road to phase two of this plan after having his scuffle with Daryl, right? Yes. How and did he get? How did he fire off a note to these people? Read in his own voice. He yeah. And then because he then, picks up the dead drop, he doesn't leave. And then anything. Maggie gets a message, and she messages Carol, and it's like I said, it's none of this made any sense to me. I I honestly thought it could have been like a flash forward to the future, right. twenty years from now, where. Old man Rick is reading that's his previous letters about like his journals about when, the thing when I to... first saw this I'm like oh because I got excited because I'm like oh I had this idea that maybe Rick is trying to be a war correspondent he's making this tome of knowledge to right. like this is why things happen and I, I initially I'm like oh they got this oral history thing going and then they just completely threw it away with some weird world build it's like opposite it's like world destroying Right. It's like the opposite of world building. It doesn't reveal anything new. It reveals something confusing and hard to understand about the actual world they live in. It's yeah. I, I, I don't know. And then like Rick is saying it was scarier than I thought it would be. What the be. fuck are you talking about? You were rolled up on in a prison with a fucking tank. Mm-hmm. How is this scarier than you thought it would be? Like more dumb fucks died than like that's a new thing. Like that we've got these yeah. like civilians and non-combatants versus combatants. Like. More of the professional soldier class died than than maybe you, you thought, but like I like why this is not an unbloodied person. This is yeah. not his first go around or even six. Rick's memory is very short at this point. He's he's remember taking it, a lot of blows. Remember to the, head. the time when you're locked up in a cattle car by a bunch of hungry cannibals? Mm-hmm. This was scarier than that. This, <laughs> you remember the, when they wrote A on your train? It was scarier because 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 Daryl hit you. Like is that mm-hmm. what made it scarier? Because that's the only thing that seems to be different. Like this. Yeah. Without you knowing what happened at the kingdom, this was probably a stunning success. Like, everything's kind of gone according to plan. Again, handicapped because we don't know what the plan is. Right. We're moving on phase two of a plan that we are only understanding in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, yeah. And this is against a whole backdrop of the kingdom in mourning and the hilltop looking pensive and Jerry wearing his ceremonial robes guarding the king even though he's not supposed to anymore. Whatever. 
Um, so the he says the rest of the plan is a go. And he's collecting these Polaroids that we now know are evidence of Rick's superiority. And he says they're going to meet in two days at the sanctuary to end it. And then we cut to the Romulan uh, sub-commander Jadis doing metalwork, wearing nothing but a rubber rubber apron. And my notes say, ugh. She's not the only one. Oh? No, there's metal, there's garbage ass dude who walks by. Garbage ass? Yeah, you didn't see garbage ass? No, I didn't see garbage ass. Oh, Jesus, man. I had the rubber the It was all I could the see. The naked Jadis with the the rubber the the rubber apron. Not, not There was like, another one of of her doppelgangers running around. Interesting. Walked right in front of the screen. Garbage Why do you call him garbage ass? Cuz he's a trash person with his ass hanging out. They Oh, really? they're doing nude garbage crafts? Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't it wasn't her alone. This was not her idea. Interesting. This yeah. is like the this is like their Sunday. Uh-huh. Like this is how they worship. Um, they get naked and they wear assless chaps and rubber gowns. I, and... I mean, they're just weird for weird's sake, right? They, they are. It's, it's... They are, Jim. They're weird for weird's sake. It's not... It, I don't know. I, I don't find, I guess, weird for weird's sake entertaining. No. I wish there was a reason behind why these people were doing the things they do. Like if they dressed weird or talked had weird. Or had yeah. a Yeah, but like it's just everything is this incomprehensible. Like why did they – it would be interesting if there was a compelling reason why they did any of this stuff. Right. But there's it not. It might be interesting. They're just they're – just, They're just planet of the week on Star Trek The Next Generation. But they're like six Planet of the Weeks in a row all mixed together into one group of yeah. people. Yeah, 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 yeah. To the point where it's not even it's not even a moral parable at this right. point they or any kind the, of lesson. They, they added the hedonistic planet where they're all naked to this, this one. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rick blundered into their, garb, the, to their garden, mm-hmm. and now he's going to be forced to fight a Mad Max zombie naked. <laughs> Wesley found their weed stash. Because Jadis and Brian... Did you need to see? I watched subtitles. Brian. The, 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 her, her, uh, the supreme Romulan commander's oh, name is Brian. B R I O N. You can't even have a norm like this. Like this. This was not. He was. He's probably just Brian, and they they spelled it weird when he got his trash name bestowed upon yeah, him. For sure. After he f- f- defeated a Mad Max zombie naked. Uh, uh, Jesus is giving apples outside the walls of the king, or to the hilltop, rather, to the savior hostages, and Maggie doesn't like it one bit. She walks out and exclaims, Jesus! Gregory, Gregory, some about what bullshit this is. Jesus says, hey, 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 what are we fighting for? When we end this, what do we have that's worth, what, uh, what do we have left that's worth what we lost? Which is a fair point, but what's more... Like, I like this thing with Jesus, the overall plot point. My point is, Jesus can't have any fucking nuance. Like, yeah. He, That's what I appreciate about Maggie. Like, yeah. she's not... She she understands what Jesus is saying, but she has, you know, a little bit of common sense to her. But this is all, underlo- this is all undermined by Jesus being a lunatic during the assault. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I, I don't understand why he can't have a little bit of like, oh, okay, well, there's this guy and there's actual gunfire and our people are dying and yeah. he's already betrayed me once. This guy's got to die. Then later, I mean, we talked about it in this fucking it's episode. Be- and it's now- because he has to have the same exact arc that Morgan did two seasons ago. Like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing with these characters? I would respect Jesus a million times more if he hadn't have tried to take the guy actively trying to kill them in right. a combat zone hostage. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I don't get it. Or not hostage, I guess. He was wanting to take a prisoner. Maggie is now using him as hostages. We'll see how that goes. So th- they're turnips, for the record. Oh, they're turnips? Yeah. These, oh, these are, okay. They're no one's most, eat that mostly turnips, rotted Maggie. turnips. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? It is. Because they look like apples to me. He says turnips. Uh, is that just so. his, his code name for bad Maybe. apples? Maybe he doesn't know the difference. <laughs> He's Jesus. He's got, you know, like, what do you want him to be, export in horticulture as well as kung fu and religious studies? Come on. I I can tell the difference between apple and not apple. That's about the extent that I've got. So it might be a turnip. It might be a potato. It's either apple or not apple Maybe it's a fruit that Eve ate of of the garden. And then a mysterious fruit. The turnip? Yeah, it was actually a turnip tree. (laughs) Uh... So Jerry tries to stop Carol as she goes to visit the king. She's not having it. And she says, we got to gather everyone available who can fight. Henry is in the background practicing with a broomstick. And he's like, hey. Uh, and then Jerry reveals that he was dismissed from the king's service, but he he, he can't. The king's just such a cool dude. Um, do you want to talk about the garbage people? I mean, I want to talk about Rick presenting a false dichotomy here. Okay. Because, like, I think it's, like, again, the weird for weird's sake. So the doors swing open. There's Rick. Jadis is doing nude garbage sculpturing. Mm-hmm. We then smash cut from the point of view of Rick to them forming this elaborate two-circle deep pattern, and they're doing this Oompa Loompa ceremony, and she's now fully dressed in Jada, her Jada regalia, and Rick is brought... Like, did she honestly, like, she's like, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. Okay, Rick, you go back outside the gates, we're all going to get properly dressed, and in this elaborate... Like, give us an hour, and then we'll receive you. Dude, if you... If you're getting this worked up about a change oh, of clothes, I'm, no, I'm I'm warming holy up. Holy shit! I'm, I'm actually telling a story of my rage, okay, in yes. a carefully controlled way that is un, un unheard of in the Walking Dead writer room. <laughs> uh, anyway, she says, "I shot you. Why the hell are you here?" These are all fair points. Rick says, "No, you didn't shoot me. You grazed me." Yeah, and twice he says that. And you need us, and we need you, and the saviors are finished. Here's the Polaroids to finish it. She says fake news. He says forget Negan, Negan, switch sides again. He actually says, I want you to switch sides again uh-huh. and be part of our new world, or we'll destroy you. Yeah. And then, and then Brian, the, the ultimate uh, Romulan commander, comes in and says, threats and dreams. Dreams, dreams and, and threats. threats. Like, this is fucking bad. And then Jadis gives Rick his new trash name, Negan. <laughs> and yes. on all is right in the world. Right. Negan has now become Negan. Uh-huh. Uh, what, the, what the fuck? He's presenting... He bothers, a, but not... A choice not that is not a choice, right? I mean, how is Rick any different than Negan in this situation? Because Negan has presented them the exact same well, so option. Rick is building uh, a democratic society where everyone has a say, and there's not this which like, destroys anyone who slave. decides not to join it. Sure, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is no, there. There is no option to live in peace in your own society that just doesn't join up with the others. That's right. not an option. I mean, they're like, Come that's on, like Rick. but but I mean, yes, it that's is an not, option. That's but Rick's not democracy. That's a dictatorship. That's that's might right by might. I don't know. Like this is the old philosophical solve of what role does intolerance play in a tolerant society? Do you tolerate intolerance? Because if you tolerate intolerance, the intolerant will just come and take over and kill all the tolerant people. I think you you tolerate someone wanting to do their own thing if it's not harming anyone else. But this these people took up arms against them with Negan, so they've already right. But he like, doesn't present the option not of stop supporting Negan. Stop supporting Negan, and we will let you look, live on your own in your junk 
world. I mean, I don't like I I I don't I I don't I I agree with your broader point, which is I don't understand why Rick. I don't understand why Rick is bothering with this because these people are sure, fucking yeah. crazy. Like, why does he think that the way they view necessities and rights and needs and obligations and pro are anything like him? Did you not w- see what you walked in on? Nude trash art day? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I There's mean, I can't even weird... tell you why he's there in the first place. Because uh, that was part of the plan. The part of the plan was to overwhelmingly... Yeah. Well, that, that's the problem is I can't tell you why he's there. Right. Other right. than it's part of the plan. I mean, you're right. For, I for what greater I purpose, speculate. I have no idea. I can speculate that the purpose was to win an overwhelming assault against the saviors, have photographic evidence, and then use that to compel Jadis to listen to. But, Obviously, but the, it's not going to work, and she's going to have to do some kind of Mad Mag zombie fight. Because right. that's the way their culture works. Right. And and you can't – I can't even speculate on why Rick thought this was going to work, why this is a good idea. I mean, if they're Why not just up take care Negan, of the saviors and fuck these – and then kick these people's cave in? He's offering himself up on a silver fucking platter to yeah. Negan because he's going in there alone. They're, they right. can just take him hostage and give him to Negan, which is what Negan right. wants. Although I guess one of the points of Rick is – because like, the thing is like I don't want to fall in the trap of unfairly – criticizing this fucking show uh-huh like i think one of rick's through lines is he's kind of done being in charge so if like 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 the figurehead status has been passed on to like uh maggie and and jesus and to even carl because like with michonne's earlier statements and like carl trying to take more of a lead rick is like he's done in the leadership game so if he gets himself captured that won't be as big a blow as like getting Negan captured. I don't. I think that's what the show sure. wants us to believe. Oh, I agree with that. I don't okay. know why they named it the King, the Widow, and Rick. Then maybe name it all the others. Right, from Rick. That's true. That's true. Because that, maybe that's from a Negan point of view. Like Negan is very it personally is, aligned sure. against Rick. But if you ask like the Hilltop what they're fighting for, Rick wouldn't be in the top three. But in an episode where, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe they're going back to to what Negan called them and. Mm. Like, that's their only concern. But I would think you would want to name something thematically as opposed to, like, saying, hey, here's the continuation of the story. Remember when Negan said the king, the widow, and Rick right. last episode? But isn't that what it is that we're – this is all about Rick, Maggie, and the king's response to the latest shit that's been happening this season. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's called the king, the Rick, and widow. Or what? The king, widow, and Rick? Yeah. The widow, the king, the Rick? It is. The Rick? Uh, anyway, trash people. Do you want to talk more about them? No. Well, you're gonna have Please to later God, on no. in this outline. Just, just, just steal yourself. Just start drinking. Start drinking. <laughs> oh, uh, it's water. So, uh, Gregory's making apologies for his actions, and he says your job's not easy. He's like, I don't know, Gregory. It looked pretty easy to sell out the hilltop. And she says, he says, my choice is superior because it didn't involve bullets. You connect the dots. Hmm. That's not a very Anytime great... someone tells you you connect the dots, it means they haven't fully thought it through, and they'd like you to help them right. out. <laughs> right, Like, Because there's... I mean, I'm not an absolute pacifist. I do believe there's a time and place for state-sanctioned violence sure. uh, against people. Like, and if not now, when? <laughs> right. And and the fact that you're saying this shit in, like, the zombie apocalypse, I don't know. It's, it's, it's whatever. And he says, look, my motives are pure. I can still help. I'm not a hippy dippy fighting friend like Jesus, and he does this weird, and he knocks over. It's just like just buffoonery. It's yeah. buffoonery. Yeah. And he says, "You're the shepherd. And we can't have sheep wandering around at the wolves." All right. I mean, yeah. he put his own neck in a noose there, right? He did. Yeah, unknowingly. Sure. I mean, I believe that Gregory is that 
fucking stupid that he would do something like that. Like he yeah. would just like, oh, I mean, he's no. I think it's fitting for his character. He he doesn't think through the consequences of his actions or his words, and then all of a sudden, whoops, he's yeah. in the pen with the rest of them. I mean, I remember Gregory being terrible in the comics, but I don't remember him being incompetent. Hmm. I remember being Weasley and like Two Faced, and like eventually. You know, he's found out and he's brought to justice similar to this episode, but I don't remember him being like in co- like like laughable mm-hmm. uh, with contempt. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just like terrible in the comics, too. Uh, Michonne and Rosita have a probably bad idea to go have a look at the sanctuary. Why? I mean, because, you what? know, Rick Rick is I mean, because the thing is, like, everything we've heard so far is other than uh, sustaining larger losses than we'd like in the kingdom, Mm -hmm. this has been a smash success. Why are the alarms blaring in Michonne's head? Dude, I I think it's just because she's not involved and she has trust issues. That's And that's actually fine. That that, is, yeah. That's the answer I was going to give, too. But come on. Come on. It has been, like, 45 minutes since this plan was started. Please give it a chance to work, Michonne. Right, right. Before you go off script, abandoning Especially, the Alexandrians right. in a time of need. No no one is there in Alexandria, as far as I can tell. No, no. Aaron, no Jesus, no, no Rick, Michonne. no Michonne, no Carl even. <laughs> yep. Fucking Judith went off to go see, have a look at the, the sanctuary, as far as I last heard. Who's protecting it? Carhartt? Carhartt. Wounded Carhartt, man. Reg, protecting it from beyond the Reg, grave, I guess. Re- yeah, Reg's cold-rolled steel is all the protection his community needs. Shit. Uh, and coincidentally, Tara is looking for Daryl. They want Dude. to kill Dwight together. Dude. They need... <laughs> Tara, uh, Tara was on board with this fucking plan to begin with. She helped lead the walkers to the sanctuary. Yes. Give it some fucking time but she to wants work. To, she wants to, but she wants, her and, that's the thing I understand. Like, they want to kill But why didn't, why Dwight. didn't she make this objection at the very beginning of the plan? Did why did she kill have, Dwight at the end of it? Half follow the plan. No, like, say, look, I want to help you with this plan, but I want to kill Dwight to the people in charge or something. I think that, like, instinctively, her and Daryl both know that this would not be, like, like, there's an actual insurrection like that, these people who are not publicly elected, who are not appoint, were not appointed as leaders, are doing this like behind the scenes extrajudicial killings, and which makes them—I don't know if the show realizes this, but it makes them villains. Absolutely. Like, uh, like I, once, once that's the thing. Like, if Palestine and Israel ever form a peace, it part of that peace will be people soaked with blood mm-hmm. on the other side, and if you can't do that then you cannot live in an ultimately peace and secure society. If you can't be the guy, if you're going to be the guy like, okay, everybody except for Dwight, if everybody says, okay, everybody except for the person to actually hurt me, nobody, like there's going to be no, no, no nothing formed. And I, like I said, these, it's like, I think Daryl's a terrorist now is what I'm getting at. Um, I don't know that that word has lost all meaning at this point. Okay, but, but what which part of my which part of my thesis do you disagree with? Because like again, I don't know if I, the show understands. I don't know this, that I but... disagree with any of it. Maybe maybe I wouldn't use that label for him, but that's just me. Okay, he is a uh, vigilante. 
Sure, absolutely. He and is. and this every, is everyone in everyone in the show every, is at this point because it's not just Michonne and Rosita and Daryl and Tara. It's also fucking Aaron and Enid at the end. Okay, they, yeah, you're, they right. you're right. A, you're right. Everybody's gone <laughs> off the res, and which is so weird because Rick is doing the most. Absolutely, it has worked. The plan is working. Yeah. to a fucking letter. Yeah, and. All these people have just decided after 45 minutes of, of battle, we're done with this. We're going to take matters into our own hands. They were supposed to. This is supposed to be the part of the arc where we see this team united as a badass right. fighting machine. Right. They have completely fucked that up. I completely. Think, yeah, and I hate to tell you, but this is another Kirkman remix. Yeah. No, like I'm, they're, I'm they're aware. Take, they're yeah. taking shit from like, like different parts and like throwing it in now, and it doesn't fit because it's no. not paced properly. And... Kirkman washed his hands out of this. So I can't even cut. It's a Gimple remix now. Oh, boy. Um, so I guess th- that's the other thing is, like, why do you got to kill? I, they have to kill Dwight now because I think they know that if if they win, they're not going to be allowed to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this might end up with Jesus or um, with all these people, like, in the stockade. That would be kind of bizarre. Like, you're, you're criminals. Could. You, we yeah. can't trust you. Like, you're fucking Carol. Uh, in a in and like three seasons after we decided to collectively that Carol is not the way to go, she yeah, lost her mind. She lived in the cabin free. I don't know if you guys watched that episode, but like we decided that kind of shit does not fly here. I don't know how they're going to get Daryl in that pin. I don't yeah. know how they're going to do it. Yeah, it can't like be Rick. Wildcat Rick's mode. just going to put him in a headlock. Right, right. Uh, so the Hilltop's doing a building project, and Jesus has a discussion with the Savior. Uh so let me let me ask you if, if if I understand this correctly. This is a savior who doesn't want to die, who kind of sees the like shitty side. Yeah. Why and 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 he's talking to the person who is their champion. And he's he's making a case as if like I'm basically innocent, you know. But I, but nobody is. I'm just a I'm just a nobody here. Like I got forced into this like whatever. So that's good, but then at the end he's like, but I'm not innocent. I'm not you're Jesus. I'm no angel like uh-huh. What are so like? Are you playing? Are you playing devil's saying, advocate for your own self? I think he's saying angels don't exist. Like none of us, not even you, Jesus. But, are again, but again, the of... target of this is the person who's yeah. champion your rights. Like why? Why is this an odd tone to take with someone who's already doing his most to try to save you guys? Here's, here's what they're clumsily doing. Okay, they're setting up the idea that Jesus is going to defy Maggie and let them all go. Hundred percent guarantee it. How how long? Let how them many... all go in what kind of circumstance? Let them out the gates. Out the gates like and Maggie, just let the saviors Maggie go because decide... Maggie's going to try and kill them. Hmm. And he doesn't want to see that happen. Boy. <laughs> Am uh, I wrong? I mean, I didn't think I didn't think they were going that way, but you that's that seems that that makes sense now. But it it totally but doesn't, but to that's what up, they're going to do. Right, I they, know that. And that's what I'm saying. Like They have to do this nonsense scene to set up the other nonsense scene that they want right. to do. They have to guilt Jesus into it. Like, guilt him even more even than he more. already feels. Right. They they have to do that so that they he can be justified, quote-unquote justified, in letting them go. Yeah. So the audience will forgive him for that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because like I said, like I don't know. Like Some of these guys, like, you know... This Savior's accent, by the way, waffles <laughs> eternally between, like, Adam Goldberg, Private Mellish from Saving Private Ryan, and Christopher Walken. Uh-huh. You know, Christopher Goldberg here uh, seems like an all-right guy. I, I feel like that the way to go, the sane thing to do was to come up with some kind of parole option. 
hmm. where you get these guys like one at a time. You get them out. You 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 set you sign them three different people to do an, like of actual hilltop people to form a work gang, see how they are, and like have a system where you know people can report and say what kind of good conduct, like what kind of you know. Like, like again, come up with a functional legal system. Yeah. Like, Maggie's way of just like, okay, these guys are hostages, and if we don't need them anymore, we're going to kill them. That's kind of insane, too. Because, like, I don't understand why people won't just acknowledge Jesus' point. Like, you know, can we not have that a debate about... you kill indiscriminately. I understand right, that. Right. And why is it such a hard sell for someone like Maggie and Daryl, who have been along from the beginning? I, I... I guess I don't agree on those points because I think Daryl has had that tortured out of him. Well, and, and um, also Maggie got Glenn, the, the, like, I mean, here's the thing. The, the, the sluggish pace of the storytelling makes that seem like ancient history. It does, but it's honestly been like two days. Yeah. Like, so, so she is all on the war path because they beat her husband's brains out in front of her while she's like carrying right. his unborn child. I get uh, it. They both think that these people are inhuman monsters and right. deserve nothing but death. But what's weird is like, but Jesus believes the exact polar opposite of that, yeah. that there is no circumstance under which you should kill these people. Right. And Unless, I, I come and, down and, in the and, middle. And honestly, not even if they are holding a gun to your head, you know, like, like there's yeah. no. Yeah. Jesus just doesn't kill anyone, which is have we seen him kill anybody? Man, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Right. Let's let's uh, who cares? Let's move on. Um, yeah. Rosita. Is now driving Michonne. <laughs> what the fuck? Michonne took off from Alexandria in the driver's seat. At some point, Rosita's <laughs> like, okay, okay, pull over, pull over. You've driven uh-huh. 15 minutes. It's my turn. How far? What are you going to do? you going to fall asleep? Are you some kind of fucking iron woman over there? You got to let me take a turn on this road <laughs> right. trip, Michonne. I think they should have just had Jesus driving. I think every time like they just... switched the camera back, it should have been someone yeah. else in the driver's seat. Or yet Jesus actually Jesus is driving. They don't acknowledge him. They don't acknowledge him. He's just their co-pilot, right? Oh God. Yeah. What the fuck, man? It's not implied that they stopped at all. There was there had to be a cut scene. Like I this these episodes are spaghetti. They are. They're they're shot by different people. They're like last episode of four different credited writers. That's a hallmark of someone cutting a bunch of stuff and riffle shuffling it. Yeah. Uh, They. Michonne talks a mess about how this alarm has been going off in her head, which, you know, is fine for what it is. And she just wants to see – she doesn't believe Rick's own handwritten letter that everything went – she wants to see for herself that the, the sanctuary is blockaded and then she can be at peace. Yeah, talk about trust issues. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Talk about trust issues. <laughs> Am I going to let everyone – no. Um, so the alarms don't go off in her head. What does happen is opera music starts to fill it. Yeah, that's right. And this starts the very special Christmas episode of The Walking Dead that I was briefly excited for for a good five minutes until it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, I hear this, like, otherworldly, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to find about, they're going to they're gonna discover the miracle of Christmas this episode. <laughs> I'm now reengaged. Who do you think needs Christmas the most out of this group? Jesus. Jesus? Okay. <laughs> he probably knows well, the spirit of Christmas. it is his day. I mean, come on. I think it's Daryl. I think Daryl needs a little Christmas joy. Yeah. Daryl needs... I, I think Daryl would like cold and stocking. He's like, I can warm up my beans oh, with this tonight. Yeah, don't have to build a fire. Just, just set this on. I don't know. I, it, I guess, I guess yeah, that's Aaron. Aaron could use some Christmas. Aaron's probably cheer. Yeah. the most freshly tortured person, easily. Uh, with with an asterisk by Rick, who is naked in the box and maybe tortured at any minute. Uh huh. Um, any every minute he spends in a trash compound is is a Geneva act of torture. <laughs> 
so then we're in a, we're in the woods, appropriate of nothing. And Carl's just suddenly there, and he's been staking out the zombie trap that catches a zombie, and the Sadiq guy that we saw earlier in the season uh, kill, dispatches the zombie violently, and then Carl has a conversation with him. How did this occur? I don't, I mean... How did Carl find this guy? That's the thing, like... There I, was no indication they, that he knew where he was from or anything. They had the, they had the, the start of the quest. Yeah. At the gas station. At the gas station. And, and and that interaction. And then him coming back and leaving food and saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But there was no, like, B-step that would, like, have this impetus of, like, why are you out there? Why are you staking out this? Like, this seems just, like, utter coincidence and it comes out of nowhere. Also, if you're going to get worked up about coming out of nowhere, this is maybe not the scene to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to let it slide a little bit. Okay. Because there are much more egregious examples of it. Yeah, true. Um, so he introduces himself to this guy who we find out his name is Sadiq. Uh, that's the guy who Rick fired warning shots and, and drove him off in the uh, opener. He gives him food and water, administers the three questions, which I like seeing the three questions. I think the three questions are good. Um, Honestly, I kind of like most of this scene. Yeah, with some glaring. They bond exceptions. over the mothers. The fact that the mother, like I don't like, you know, he's citing uh, Lori as a as font of motherly wisdom. I'm wearing my Lori Fiesta <laughs> shirt that <laughs> we that we issued when she died in the show. Uh-huh. Um, I'm like, I'm a little side eyeing Carl there, but you know, no one wants to believe their mom's a complete monster. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, the, this guy's answers are hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's killed 237 walkers. Give or take. Give or take. That's just stupid. That's just stupid fucking writing. Who the f- how could you keep track after 50? Yeah. yeah like, unless fair. he has a tattoo where he's kept, like, like some kind of Zaz from Batman-style hash mark system on his forearm. Mm. I just, 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 this is dumb. He might as well have said a, mi- a million. <laughs> infinity. How many have you killed? Infinity plus one. Infinity plus infinity. Like, like it's just a preposterous <laughs> amount of zombies to kill and keep track of. Sure. Um, he's killed one person who apparently was bit and was going to turn and he had to kill him anyway. Yep. Uh, and that was the, that was the other two answers. And he also revealed that his mom thought that killing zombies would free their souls. And you got on your parents and Carl's like, Oh, you're right. And he shoots him in the face. And that's the scene. (laughs) No, no, that didn't happen. He says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to honor my dad, by bringing you back to Alexandria. Come with me. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we cut to a scene and what we come back to is just as perplexing. Sure. Uh, Henry's fighting with zombies because he heard uh, Carol's call to arms and took it literally. This is an eight-year-old boy with a broomstick, I'm Mm -hmm. reminding you. He's fighting like five or six zombies. Two. Oh, was it? (laughs) I think it was just two, but yeah. Okay. He's fighting two zombies. Carol comes in, shoots them, and scolds them. And then he scolds her back, and then she's like, okay, fuck it. I'm season seven. I don't care anymore. Come with me. Have have this gun, kid. We've, I know you've never had any training, but you watched right. the training, so right. you're it's probably like a broom, It's kind of like a broomstick. Yeah, just... It's more like a boomstick, but... Uh, who? I, I want to know this. Who issued this kid the armor? Or... Mm. Is the armor just kind of lying around available for anyone that'll take it? Or was, like, did they give him his brother's armor? And if so, why did it fit? And why wasn't it covered in blood? And why did it look brand new? Like, I feel like someone Didn't gave... Morgan have that armor? Maybe oh, you're right. Maybe Morgan gave him the armor. But after... his armor was all battered and kind of torn and, you yeah. know. I, I just, I, I just, I'm fascinated by the question of, like, where does this kid get this brand new kingdom armor? Yeah. Like, I feel like someone at the armory handed it to him and, like, as a joke? <laughs> Maybe. 
Like, who gives a eight year old say, "Hey, I'm requisitioning some armor." Okay, um, whatever. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, the saviors are brought into the hilltop and introduced to the new jail, and Maggie throws Gregory in there. Discuss. Uh, you seem to like this part of the episode, so I was like, "Yeah, I, I feel I, like I've been I mean, monologuing I, a bit." Yeah, I, I like, I like that Maggie has let Gregory hang himself essentially, um, and that she she kind of gets it in my opinion. Like these are truly bad people, and if it's not in evidence enough, then dumb fuck rat face tries mm-hmm. to. Evil pull Jesus. a gun on no one right like what what do you think is going to happen when you get your hands on that gun you're inside a fence you're gonna own you can't this place. take a hostage you're gonna own this place <laughs> what is he gonna do with that's this his gun? opinion to sit tight we're gonna own this place <laughs> yeah I he's pull an one idiot. more gun i get a sharp rock we're gonna own this place it's ridiculous this guy's uh, the dumbest fucking person like he is and i i'm glad to see him butted in the face twice yeah from maggie that was much needed yeah and i like the whole idea of like there's zero tolerance like we're gonna yeah. feed you and shelter you in the stockade but that's it like i, I kind of hope evil genius or evil genius evil jesus dies in episode two because he won't be able to do that he won't he's gonna yeah. get caught with a rock and he's gonna get drug out and shot in the face and i mm-hmm. finally can be at peace I just like Maggie's actions this episode. I think she's she's very level-headed about the whole thing. Yeah. And Unlike like a, most people in the show. Yeah, and, you know, war changes people. When you see your husband's sure. brains beat out in front of you, you, you get a little bit uh, harder line towards, uh, uh, you know, the enemy forces. That's yeah. why, get a little why you shouldn't get in the war just willy-nilly. Fuck it mm-hmm. dehumanizes people and, and, and uh, destroys a lot of lives. Um, Jesus has got an interesting acting approach he is acting as if he's kind of ambivalent about everything he's seeing happening even though maggie hasn't give the uh these are just hostages speech yet why is jesus seeing this as anything but a unqualified success why is he ambivalent because he's read ahead in the script i guess (laughs) he wants to know why the stockade doesn't have a roof Uh they're gonna just sit in here and like you have the sun bake on their heads why aren't there cots are just gonna sleep on the ground in the mud come on maggie this is inhuman treatment. You're giving, this is this yeah. is what you'd keep animals confined. Is he going to like Amnesty International her? I don't know. All right. Uh, so Sadiq and Carl jump a herd of walkers, like five or six of them. They're eating a deer. Again, the scene so comes out of nowhere. There were a grand total. I counted them. Seven walkers in this okay. entire scene. Three of them, which are chomping away on some kind of deer carcass. And Did that deer die naturally in the woods? Because there's no fucking way those zombies... God, surra- like, I don't Are know, you maybe, if, stealth zombies? maybe if 12 can kill a tiger, 6 can kill a deer. Easily. Uh, yeah, but they, they approach these three walkers, and even the three walkers that they approach get the best of them. It's... It's a fucking joke that these it's people remarkably are, incompetent. have survived for two years in the wilderness. Sadiq has killed 237 walkers. Uh-huh. No fucking way. Looks like no he hasn't killed way. one. No. Like, they try to lampshade this a bit with Carl saying, did you trap and kill most of these people? Like, like maybe that he doesn't have just open field tackle zombie experience, but mm-hmm. Carl does. This is, yeah. like, at some point they got to decide that Carl is, a like, enough of a facsimile of a man that he's not going to struggle with one or two zombies this is not 12 year old chandler riggs no in his father's hat that's five times too big for him like yeah. carl like 16 year old 
Carl. These zombies' heads are pimples ready to burst. Like, yeah. there's this awesome part where Sadiq takes this dude with the branch transfixed through him and rams him into a tree, and it's like a full head explosion. Uh-huh. Like, th- and they both have knives out, ready to go. Yes. And these zombies and take spin the first around, two down. and then they grapple them. Right. So these they, they take the first two down. So now it's a four-on-two situation, and they get overwhelmed. Yeah. No, it's... They're bad. Every, every time the they do it's this. Also, I forgot. I didn't say they're in yeah. a small tool shed they're in a fucking forest where they right. can fall back they can do anything they want and they get they almost get killed until carl finally has to pull his gun out and kill the last two of them yeah. that were about to bite his ass no every time they do this it becomes less and less interesting less and less believable yep more of a farce and they fall back to this idea that the walkers are going to somehow sneak up on these trained and and frankly badasses like right these people are supposed to be at the height of their powers right now. There should be no walker group on the planet that can take them out. No individual person from Rick's crew should struggle with six zombies in an open no. terrain situation. Absolutely not. Cause, yeah. Because it's like, even if it's important to kill these zombies right now to honor this guy's dead mother, fine. But you, you, it doesn't, nothing says you have to kill them without giving any ground. Yeah. Or making use of your terrain, or outthinking a person that literally doesn't have a brain. Uh-huh. <sighs> no, it's ridiculous. This is just a garbage it's a laughable show. scene. Michaud and Rosita uh, over here to Savior's talk. They followed the opera music back to this warehouse, mm. and there's actually interesting nuggets of stuff that came from this overheard conversation. Like they refer to the highway as the Herdway. I thought that was okay. pretty that was pretty funny. Yeah. Because like it makes sense that zombies would get stuck on a like what zombie gets off at a four sixty five loop in Indianapolis? <laughs> like they're not smart enough to take the on ramps. Yeah. There's big cement jersey barricades on either side. They're just gonna walk endlessly around that thing. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's pretty funny. They refer to their big speaker box system as the the fat lady. I thought it was pretty interesting. And if their plan was they drove up with a resupply. They saw the saviors surrounded. They fucked off this location where they knew they had the fat lady. And the fat lady is essentially a flatbed truck that's just loaded with PA systems. And they play music at max volume and they lead the herd away. It's a pied pie. It's actually a sound plan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's not going to happen because Michonne and Rosita are going to kill these people. But it's not going to be like, I'm just ready for Michonne and Rosita to come and bag these guys. They got the advantage. Yeah. And, and But instead, Michonne has to kick a tennis ball. Yeah. The very first time guns are fired, Rosita's so badly rattled, she drops her gun and accidentally kicks it underneath a warehouse shelf. It's just remarkably incompetent again. Mm-hmm. No, they, they want us to simultaneous be- simultaneously believe that this group of survivors could take out Negan's entire operation yes but also believe that these people are so incompetent they get in these kinds of situations on the regular it's keystone cops man it's a fucking joke yeah there are none nobody in this group and i'm talking enid i'm talking judith nobody would fucking be this stupid right in this situation does michonne carry a pistol on her hip because I, the whole time I'm thinking as, as her and evil remember. Michonne, because there's a there's essentially an evil Michonne character who right. has a piece of rebar instead of, and they have a sword fight. Yeah, Michonne is fucked up that katana so bad after this fight. I just every time uh-huh. I'm she's parrying, I'm like, your sword's gonna be just a fucking nicked piece of shit after this. Yep. Um, but like, I I don't understand why Michonne doesn't have a gun and just whip it out Indiana Jones style and kill her. Why the long rebar katana fight? Why does Rosita, she gets this RPG, and then she 
the guy sees it and is like, okay, little girl, you're not going to use an RPG on her. And she just shoots him. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, can a, a, attempt to carry out the threat or, like, you know what I'm saying? No, like, that's, that's the right move. I think it's the right move. Really? Yeah. Just she just dies. Him. Well, I, I mean, obviously, it's the right move assuming that the RPG blast would not take you out. Uh-huh. But, yeah, you don't... It, why monologue? Why give like him the option or anything? He's like, clearly like, a bad guy in... trying to kill you. Kill him. Because the RPG round is a precious resource because it will probably mm-hmm. kill you if you shoot it. And if you talk this guy into dropping his gun and like, I don't really give a care. Like my my lover was beat to death by your fucking madman. I'm ready to go. My ticket's pat punched. I'm just wait. I'm just trying to take as many of you out. If I can take you out, like like go crazy. Like make this guy think like I'm really going to die or try. But no, she just fucking. Uses I, an irreplaceable RPG round. I feel like I would be complaining if they had done it the other way. Really? If, if they had had her talk to this guy for more than one second. But then Unless maybe, she rattles off like an awesome Schwarzenegger one-liner mm. and then blows his ass up, I'm so calling you bullshit. Think, you don't think that her distracting this guy until Michonne can come and behead him and then they still have the RPG round to do something actually cool with would not be better? I mean, better or... <laughs> Like, well, there again, were a lot I, of things that would be fucking better, man. Why am I trying, why am I playing better, this man? old show? Why am I trying to... I'm trying to, like, fucking be Bob Vila and fix this place up. It's... it's, a, it's No, Bob Vila would just, just get Say back burn in his it, truck. Burn it to the ground. Drive it away. Yeah. It'd be the shortest episode of this old house There's of nothing, all time. I, nothing I can do for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the fa- somehow, Evil Michonne gets away from, from Michonne with the fat lady, and she goes away singing... And they get to the end of the street as Michonne and Rosita look like, oh, we fucked it up again. Mm-hmm. And he gets T-boned by this garbage truck driven by Daryl and Tara. Which... All right, my notes say fuck this show. <laughs> okay, why? Why? Because of the coincidence. Mm. What a fucking coincidence. You don't think Daryl could hear the music? <laughs> I, I don't think Daryl would be on the exact same road at the exact same time. With a garbage truck. With a garbage to, truck. Yeah. Because, look... There was no music playing. Fact of the matter is, once they got into the warehouse, there was Mm. no more music, Mm -hmm. right? And so he would have had to, in the span of her driving from wherever that truck was parked inside the the shelter, Mm -hmm. out to this T intersection, he would have had to have heard it and diverted down that street and saw her coming, which he couldn't have done, because it's all behind buildings, and rammed into her. Like It's the biggest coincidence of all Mm. in this show. The biggest fucking coincidence I've ever seen, and it's so stupid. I mean, the thing is, like, I think you could probably defend this in the Talking Dead style, but, like, why? No, you can't. um, Can't. Carol goes to confront the king. Uh, She starts to take a shotgun to the lock, and Jerry says, dude, dude, the door's not locked. This is a good scene. She says, cover your ears, which is the biggest fucking joke I've ever heard in this show. Right. Cover your fucking ears? Yeah, Are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? Rosita just, just shot off an RPG. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 feet in front of her. Yeah. Like, no one she can hear say, any hey, dialogue. She didn't say, hey, cover your ears. No one can hear any dialogue in the show. It's just... Carl fired a gun right next to his ear twice yeah. in this episode. What the fuck are you talking about? Cover your ears. Yeah. So, this is actually a good scene from a better show. Okay. Uh, this is this is again the scene from the alternate universe where Darabont's still directing and producing the show, and he goes, "Look, I know what you want, and I know what I should be doing, but I just can't." And he lampoons his own. I still smile. The thing that I thought was really good is when she says, "Why did you come visit me?" Because like they've had this weird romance thing, but he's kind of like as like his moment of honesty. It's like because you made me feel real, and I'm like, 
Carol, then maybe you should be real. Carol, that's what I'm saying. Like Carol yeah. is the actual, like is the done the exact same thing except for she's <laughs> faked it until she made it. Yeah, and I guess Ezekiel has too, but he doesn't have the confidence. Like yeah. you are a king because you actually led mm-hmm. people into battle successfully and yeah. then and then you didn't you had a setback and again that's but, a hell but of a but look setback. at what you've built right but look like what you did yeah, yeah the, you, these people are living in a stable community here that you, you helped them build and, and the tiger them. was your foot in the door but you've been this guy yeah. since then and like i think i think again this is a, this is a pretty persuasive, and nobody repeated themselves, and nobody made old arguments, and it was I, like I liked it. I liked it. It builds on everything we know about Carol's character, and everything we know about Ezekiel's character, and it feels very natural. It's yeah. it's the undigested corn kernel in this cow pie of an episode that we pick through, and mm, <laughs> it's not bad. Ugh. Ugh. I feel like <laughs> Carol was like kind of burying the lead here, though, dude. You don't get to mope squat in. In the community's only theater, like we've got a live right. production okay, of the Hamlet, we've king, been working on. We have we have a broom closet. If right. you're just going to be that, you're going to be go back to be the janitor at the zoo. Yeah, yeah. Stop holding court. Right, you don't get the theater. We need it. We want it. Yeah, it's a big building, man. Uh, evil Jesus is back in a hilltop. He's trying to cut his bonds with a sharp rock. Christopher Goldberg knocks it out of his hands and says, "Hey." What do you think you're doing? I, I got a bad walk-in. Do you got a good walk-in? No. Oh, man, no, too God. bad. It's yeah. too bad because this character cries out for a decent walk-in. He does. Uh, and the evil Jesus derisively says, you think this people will kill us? Keep it together. This place will be ours. We get enough sharp rocks and free hands, and we're going to, like, tear our way out of this barbed wire cage. And Gregory's know. eyes bug out of his head. Yeah. He's hearing all this. He's like, oh, these people need a leader, and I'm... Not that, but I'm a reasonable facsimile. Maybe these guys will seem awful dumb. I, I don't. I don't know what Gregory's don't know, play is. I don't know what Gregory's play is. I can only imagine he wants to report back to Maggie and try and get out of the hot water he's in. The only way you can get out of my hot water is to die screaming. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that happens real soon. Uh, Aaron and Enid are in Maggie's Godfather den. What's this whole scene like of of him? This is an extremely long take of him emoting about how bad he feels about Eric, which is really good. The whole time, I just couldn't keep thinking about, you bring me this thing about your your boyfriend on the day of my, you know, Gracie's circumcision. I don't know. She's a, a female baby. I don't think you do that. I don't think you do that. Christening? Christening. That's the, what the Godfather would say. Yeah, you might say that. Uh, she looks good. I mean, there's another decent scene. Like, Aaron missing Eric. Like, I felt like that's pretty good. Like, the whole... I mean, I don't know what it's like to lose a mate like that. But, like, the whole idea of, like, you're bummed and the person you would normally talk about these strong feelings with (laughs) is dead. And that's why you're bummed. Like, sounds like a a pretty bad bad place to be in. Sure. And I feel for him. uh, Because he's a good guy in a really bad show. And uh, I thought Maggie can empath- you know, Maggie said she can empathize, and we know she can, mm-hmm. and Aaron knows she can, and she looks good with Gracie, yep. um, which is essentially a practice baby for her. Basically, yeah. It's like those eggs they give you in home ec and tell you not to break for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, oh, I dropped it on Ted, but it's just to save your baby. <laughs> just to save God. your baby. Soon as we don't need him it's anymore. So this is a hostage. Don't think that this, I'm, don't <laughs> think I'm mothering this baby. This is a hostage. As soon as I don't need this baby, <laughs> right to the, I'm just gonna stick my thumb into its soft spot until it stops wiggling. Uh, 
Wow. Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, this show has made me a monster, Jim. Yeah. I've lived long enough to become the villain. Just don't destroy the brain. I want to see a zombie. That's true. You can't, you'd have to slowly just break the baby's neck. That wouldn't be a very entertaining zombie. No, it wouldn't. Stab it in the heart. Yeah. Game of Thrones style. Sure. Get the fucking gold, gold cloaks in there. They know how to murder babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she unveils the whole, they're only alive because we might need them. If we don't, we can't let them live thing. Um, after Jesus comes in and thanks her. So now Jesus can look hangdog. Yeah. But before, I don't understand what his problem is. Aaron heads out and joins the insurrection because he wants to do his part to make sure we win, even though their part is just to chill out and wait for Rick. Uh, for just two days. This isn't like an open-ended thing. It's like two days, everything yeah, happens anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and Enid wants to go because she's contractually obligated at least three episodes of screen time. This is like if I order a package off Amazon uh-huh. and I decide like the next day, you know what? I'm fucking going to Amazon. Right. I'm going to go to the factory and I'm going to take it myself. Two-day shopping, two-day I, I can't really handle this this Prime right, stuff. Right, They say it's in Columbus, Ohio, and that's uh-huh. pretty close, but I don't think it's going to make it. <laughs> right. I just need to see it. Just turn the alarm bells off. Uh, Daryl, Tara, Michonne, and Marzita pull up close enough to see the sanctuary, and then Daryl says he wants to end this thing right now, and I have no idea what the fuck he's going to try to do with this garbage I think truck. he's going to ram the building. But what will that ram the it front let, doors yeah, down? Yeah, it lets the all the walkers in, in which is what he That's essentially what he told to Rick. Yeah. And by the way, if Rosita had talked that guy out of yeah, you know, that's true. RPG, they could have done it You know it what? From... I bet this is not the only RPG round in that building. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if they have one. They had a whole case of them, didn't they? Did they? Like, Abraham lost it to them. So, I think the case had four rounds, and we've seen three fired. But, I mean, that's, who knows. They could have a whole, like you said, they could have cases and cases of them. Yeah. I can't imagine that there's, that was the last round. Right. So maybe they will. Maybe we'll get to see. Da- uh, but Darryl. he fires up that truck like because Daryl Daryl set the right lakes in. on fire. He blew up the bikers. We saw Rosita shoot this. So there's been three RPG rounds fired in the last three seasons. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, Jadis marks a possibly runic, weird-looking A on a container that Rick's being held in naked. She's as just an Rick, anarchist. As Rick stares wild-eyed from from the eye holes that are in the thing, and he's naked. Uh, it's dark. And why is there a container marked A again? And there's probably a reason I could find on Reddit yeah. or listen on Talking Dead, but, but I don't give even one shit. So that's the episode. <laughs> right. I'd fun. I I I I'd fun talking about it. Yeah, no, it's more a fun, fun time. talking about it than I did than I did watching it. For sure. Um, it was a pretty glorious live watch too. If you're into that kind of thing, Stealth Club ad. Uh, like what? Like when she blew like the back to back punch of her blowing a dude up in a warehouse and Daryl plowing that truck with the garbage. It it was pretty strong, pretty strong. Yeah, there were some good moments. Uh, this is now a ad for a club. It would have been helpful for me to mention club.baldmove.com during the housekeeping when I largely mm. previewed club content, and I yeah. completely forgot to do that because well, you're getting it now. Reminder: like pause, pause the podcast. Just in case you've forgotten, we're terrible at everything part of this job other than actually watching things with our eyeballs and speaking to this microphone. Like right. marketing, sales, I don't even know what they are. But repetition for emphasis, I was taught at one point in my youth, and mm-hmm. uh, here's the club for the millionth time. Club.ballmove.com. If you like what we're doing, and you want us to keep doing it, and keep expanding, and 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 also uh, to get more stuff, because there's actually more bald move that happens behind the scenes in the club, the club that, that is gatekept at, get, gatekept at club.ballmove.com, and you put in your credit card, uh, or... 
There's probably another f- payment system. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, do Amazon Pay. That's uh-huh. right. Uh, but not PayPal because they're they're shit weasels. Yeah, they don't like us. They 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 said no way, Jose. We're not going to un- unlock our gateway to the likes of you because they heard us say on numerous podcasts we're terrible at everything <laughs> except for <laughs> podcasting, and that made the financial institution. Uh, but Visa, Mastercard, they're they're cool with this. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, and us, we're tight. We're so tight. <laughs> Once again. Club.ballmove.com. You got lunch. We're kicking off the Christmas celebration uh, and drinking our first because we, we got a booze calendar. I, I guess I like yeah. there's, there's how do you tell? How do you how do you explain Christmas in two sentences? You can't. You uh, can't. Yeah. I mean, it starts with booze. It starts. Obviously. For, for Bald Move Christmas, it starts with we get we get we get a, uh, a what is it called? An advent calendar uh-huh. but with booze. We open up uh, one a day and we drink it and we talk about it and we talk about these movies and um we get a little sentimental towards the end of the month because that's what you do with Christmas. And it's starting off uh, next month. It kicks off the 1st of December, this year Friday. Go to club.ballmove.com to get all of our previous Christmas celebrations as and, and prepare yourself for this one. Uh, club.ballmove.com. I assume, Jim, that we have feedback or have everyone just abandoned us in droves. Has everybody decided uh, to be like haven't. Enid and Aaron and Daryl and they're just going like, you know, I just... We're, we're, we don't believe this podcast is coming out. We're, we're going to go. We got to go. They're, they're just sitting outside the Ball Move headquarters. No. Instead of sending feedback. No, we do have some feedback this week. We got okay. several pages of it. Um, I cut a lot of the stuff that was from last week because it was from last week. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about it, but not a ton. Yeah, what's the new take for the hot new take for Shit and Pants episode? Um, I don't I don't know that there's like a hot new take okay. or anything. Uh. Let's go with Let's go with Barry C from the UK. It says, it took a long time, but finally the whole why hasn't one of Negan's henchmen killed him already debate finally makes sense. I quite like this episode. He's talking about eight oh five, not this one. With Negan's philosophy of people being resources, why the saviors are called the saviors, the workers doing what they do for protection, and that being the key to everyone's subservience. It finally made all uh, finally all made sense and actually did a reasonable job of articulating that maybe Rick's gang are the evil ones in this world. It's, I, it's still the dumbest show on TV, but credit where it's due. Do you agree? Not, pre- not, not really. Um, like I, I mean, I think they they advance that argument, sure, and I, I just don't know why I would see them as the, like Rick. Rick has never trotted out. 10 people that love each other and beat one or two in the dead death in the head just as a show like you have to embrace Negan's worldview to think that that is a morally just thing to do um that you have to essentially treat humans like cattle to be cowed and 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 pinned up and used as a resource and 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 I don't I don't I, I don't I don't subscribe to that so no, I think I think they advanced that, but like I think it's it's pretty shitty compared to Rick's what Rick's trying to do. Yeah, with you, um, Hunter from Birmingham, uh, and I definitely wrote Birmingham. This in is my this notes. our Hunter. Is this I, the... I, I think so? Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but Birmingham sounds like a much worse place to be from than Birmingham. Because I I don't know Burning Man, Birming Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham. Effingham is the way to is. I'd love to be from that town. Effingham, I'm giving Effingham about where you're from. Uh, so he, Hunter says, I've heard a lot of people talk about the show in context of it taking place over several years. When looking at a detailed timeline based on the evidence from the show, it actually has only taken place over about one year, eight months. I won't bore you with details, but a uh, quick breakdown is 
season two to three, like the break between those had about seven months mm-hmm. and season three, four had about six months. So okay. all in when we're talking about what we've seen on the show, it's over the course of a couple of months like that we've actually seen real time. Um, he says, I always find these time frames to be surprisingly small given we've been watching for over the course of eight years. It's also interesting to consider that prison stuff such as the sickness and second governor attack happened less than four months ago. God, no, how? How did they walk from, or how did they? I don't know. You got to go to wikia.com, walkingdead.wikia.com. So there's a time, there's actually a a timeline. Yeah. Um, And also Rick only lost Lori 10 months ago. I just found this stuff interesting, thought I would share. Yeah, no, that's... that's, That's the thing, like, so many people... I don't know. It It is interesting that over the course of eight years, we've only seen that much time. But then I think of, like, Breaking Bad, where mm-hmm. that show, entire show lasted two years. Two years. With, over with five like seasons. A, with two, six, well, with, a, with like a four-month time jump and a year time jump. Right. Right. We had to jump way far near the end of uh-huh. that. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's, like, unusual for a show, necessarily, uh-huh. but... It does feel like longer on The Walking Dead. Well, that's because it's a narrative mess. Like, there's no sure. through line. Like, Game of Thrones gets away of having its cake and eating it, too. That, like, it's very hazy when you start pinning down the details about, is this show unfolded over years, or has it just been, like, a single year or a couple? Because, like, you know, the characters visibly age, and mm-hmm. and it and they kind of, like, play or have a way to kind of have it both ways, depending on which end of the telescope you look through, I guess. And it's fine because, like, every season had, like, a clear narrative that built up and, like, was memorable and, like, oh, this was the event that happened. And, like, you can think back of, like, you know, all the different – like, I can tell you the through line for every fucking season. Mm -hmm. After season four of The Walking Dead, it gets fucking real hazy. Like, I couldn't tell you which one had Terminus. Was Terminus the main thrust? Was that the year that they got away from the... I think that was the year the prison finally collapsed, but the prison collapsed twice. Uh-huh. And like, and, and some of these characters have gone through the same arc three times. And it's just got this weirdly weird way of inflating time. So it's, it's genuinely shocking to hear that less than two years of time have actually taken place. Yeah. It, it feels like a lot more. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jenna W., um, Kind of along those lines has a question, for the love of God, please tell me how far along Maggie is. Is right? the human gestational period longer than the zombie apocalypse? They're not even trying to make her look pregnant. But when you line this up with the timeline, as expressed by Wikia, uh, when did she become pregnant? Like Man, season the six? the other problem they have is Carl. Season seven? Carl was like nine years old, and now he's like 18. Because right. Real, t- and, and they, real they, time is passing. They've also faster. aged him up to be kind of like a 16-ish, 17-year-old kid as far as his responsibility and his you know yeah i i I, that's that's a great question i mean i don't know because season seven apparently took place over two weeks season eight has been like a day or two so far Mm -hmm. so i i can't remember exactly when maggie is found to be pregnant but it could be as little as like three weeks ago wait how can it be less than two years because maggie conceived gave birth and judith is now a toddler so they're just saying that the, the ages of the characters, the uh, visible ages of the characters doesn't matter. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the Maggie thing makes some kind of sense given the weird timeline structure. Uh, let's go to Gretchen from Philly. Says, remember the remember the plot point where Maggie needed a prenatal doctor, like constant yeah. care, or that baby? But that was only of... like two days ago. 
That's I, the thing. I know. I know. Like I'm saying, remember, like, like, oh yeah, it happened a year ago in real time. But that's the one of the, the things show. that makes yeah. things feel foggy. Like there was a whole season where she needed a fucking prenatal doctor. Or this baby was going to fall out of that torn ass womb. Yeah. And ha- season and a half from now, it's like they, you know, like like uh, in a fever dream, Gabriel remembered that she needed a daughter, but the fuck or the doctor, but the fucking writers sure haven't because she's a field marshal now. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. That's a that's a much more interesting role than her confined to bed bed rest and getting sure. getting fucking sponged by Enid and Jesus all day. Yeah. But like, why rip her uterus in the first place? Then I don't know. They needed something to do with her, I guess. Uh, Gretchen from Philly asks, "Could the helicopter be connected to Fear the Walking Dead?" I've always wondered how they were going to get someone from California to DC. I remember hearing that a character from Fear was going to show up this season. Uh, okay. I don't, I don't know if that's happening, but they confirmed that Morgan is going over to Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, is that what the thing Lenny is? Lenny James is, yeah. Interesting. So maybe he gets that helicopter and heads out. His crazy ass but going over that show, huh? I don't know what the timeline is like in Fear the Walking Dead. It Has it been two years? Could yeah. he show up in that show and everybody be like, yep, got it? Yeah, I would like to know, honestly, because I've heard ta- people talk in hushed tones about season three of Fear the Walking Dead. People that I respect and admire. Uh-huh. As, like, the best zombie show on television of all time, with hmm. season one of The Walking Dead being part of that. Like, I think season one of The Walking Dead is my personal high watermark. It wasn't perfect. No, it's not perfect. Sure. But it was, it, was pretty, it was a pretty good, confident first step in this world. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's like the problem is, like... I like Dead Set. I, I guess I have, like, a no-shit answer of whether season three of the Wa- Fear of the Walking Dead is actually as good as season one of The Walking Dead. Because I kind of wouldn't mind, I don't know. Like, that's the problem. Like, I wouldn't mind jumping back in. Do I need to see the last season and a half? Because I'm like two and right. a half seasons behind. I stopped watching at the halfway mark of season one, just like you did. Yeah. All right. All right, Bex from California says, So I know that the popular opinion is for this season to light fire under its own arse and get it over with already, but in the last two episodes I've been encouraged by the slow bits. It's the slow character study dialogue that made me fall in love with this show in the first place. The genius was that the whole zombie thing just uh, was just an animated piece of scenery in the background of truly great storytelling. That that was the idea. That's true. Starting off. That was the idea. That was the thing we were all invested in. Uh, She goes on, the Gabriel slash Negan scene in The Big Scary You was reminiscent of the Beth and Daryl episode where the writers actually made me care about Beth. I may actually care about the fate of Negan and Gabriel now. And in the most recent episode, they took some care in introducing a new character, Sadiq. Uh, some may see this as just plotting through the plot, but if they took the same care with the established cast again, there would be happier fans. I'm truly over all the bullets and rocket launchers, CG heroes, and characters whose most interesting trait is their hairstyle. Just get back to character development and retrain the watchers to be okay with the slow stuff when it pays off in a meaningful death or even more satisfying survival. Yeah, I don't know who who the fuck wrote the scene with like Ezekiel and Carol. And I don't why know. can't they do that good on everything? Yeah, like and if it's like well, because it takes time to craft. It's a, it's a good and, scene. and then we're like handcuffed because the place we start like okay, but you you know stop moving the places that you can't like. Like it's all well and good to be Vince Gilligan and be like, oh, every season we paint ourselves in the corner and then the fun and challenge depends on what get out without fucking up the paint job. Well, you're not right. Vince Gilligan. So fucking stop trying to do that. Yeah. There's a there's a certain level of skill that's required to pull that off. Yeah. Like go again I I've been saying and then, you know I'm not going to say it again. I'm not. Yeah. I I we we've we've prescribed we prescribed treatments that would make this show better 
and no one no one gives a shit. So yeah, maybe AMC should hire us to be the writers, well, the showrunners. Dude, we'll be we, the duffers, I, the duffers I, of the Walking Dead. I promise you, we could not do worse. <laughs> You're right. Because we would actually You're see right. the show as a steaming pile of shit, and we'd be we'd be afraid to death to fuck it up. We wouldn't have this smug, <laughs> oh, we're doing everything and it's awesome and it's cool kind of thing to us. Yeah. Uh, Matt S says, "I think I've been, or I've been thinking about what could improve the show. Here, here we go. Maybe there's another suggestion right. lying in here, um, and give the characters some depth. And I realize Gimple has set the bar pretty low, but how about Lost style flashbacks? It'd be a great way to explore backstory, introduce motive and mystery, and avoid tedious scenes like Negan confessionals. You'd also have the added novelty of seeing the actors in normal circumstances after a decent night's sleep." Uh, yeah, I think this is something we've talked about. We, we used to like flashbacks. We used to be excited, like, oh, are we going to get a yeah. pre-apocalyptic flashback or they flashback to the They did that one time ever that I can think of, which yeah. is Lori flashing back, to talking her. about what an abusive asshole Rick was, Oh, essentially, or neglectful, let's okay. say that. Well, they also flash back to her and Shane overlooking Atlanta being firebombed, which was cool. Like, that was a really cool... That, I think that was the same episode, yeah. Okay, that was a, that was a really cool... Like, they, they've done a time or two, and then there's, like... The Negan flashbacks, which did not work out very well at all. The governor flashbacks. The governor, I'm sorry. The governor flashbacks yeah. did not work out well at all. That wasn't um, like pre-apocalypse, though. I think he's talking like with Lost, they flashbacked, you know, to before the island. Especially right? like every time you meet a new character, wouldn't mind. I don't need to flashback, but have a conversation like that. Any anytime you talk with someone like a coworker or anything, and you're together with them more than a couple of days. Like that shit starts coming out. Like, why can't we get those conversations? Yeah. There's fucking oceans of time in this show that's squandered. Why can't we? Here's the thing I liked about the lost flashbacks. Like, um, am, am I am I remembering this right? That Henry is like the third. Like, like isn't this the third time this shit has happened? Like the third Ezekiel, brother. like Eze King Ezekiel got their dad killed, and then their brother uh -huh. killed, and now yep. like, and now he's gonna get little Henry killed. Yeah. I, I just it's I, I don't know um like I th there's I mean we we jokingly refer to one guy's Carhartt he's been in the C's show for five fucking years <laughs> yeah he's not a main though he's not a one of the main cast yeah members. but neither was Chief O'Brien but I fucking knew more about him after the next let alone Deep Space Nine like you eventually flash flesh these characters out in seven seasons of bullshit yeah and they're not doing that and it's not like they're not. You know, Star Trek sure had, like, eight more episodes per season to, to, to fill out, but, you know, again, fucking, like, I can can this guy meet a Keiko O'Brien and they get a charming uh, mixed Starfleet and Japanese marriage ceremony? Like, mm -hmm. can I get some color to these people other than the, the, main, the main ones? Yeah. I mean, look at Eric. The only reason we gave a shit about Eric is because they've kind of done a reasonable job of fleshing out Aaron. Yeah. So, but like, how many? How much screen time has Eric and Aaron gotten in three years? Not much. Ten minutes. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. The, the thing that I really liked about the Lost flashbacks is they let the audience in on a piece of information about the characters without kind of cluing the rest of the group. That in. is a good point. So that you can see, like, it's an asymmetrical way to tell the story. And they don't tell you in real time, mm -hmm. like in the current this situation. Is significant, right? They're not like. With Bob, remember how he had the drinking problem, right? And it took, like, all of these things for that to come out. Well, if we had seen that he had the drinking problem <laughs> beforehand, and then we knew, okay, he's got this problem, and then we saw what he's doing, we could say, okay, this is why he's doing the mm -hmm. stuff he's doing, instead right, of after right, right, the right. fact realizing, 
oh, I guess that must be why he was doing this thing back yeah. there. I I mean, the thing is, is like I just got done watching American Horror Story season seven, and Ryan Murphy's lost his goddamn mind of flashbacks. Like <laughs> there, like, and it became like a joke that like he clearly got a new idea that did not fit the script at all. So he does like six flashbacks to retcon everyone's oh, characters no. and motivations so it can now serve this new plot point. Oh, no. And it got to be where the last episode of this season had so many flashbacks. I didn't even know what the – it was like I, I needed a fucking Inception-style infographic to explain w- where, where like did, did Evan Peters hit limbo? Is he going to like start start like crawling in a sandcastle with an old Japanese man? Japanese figuring heavily in the feedback section. Yeah, uh, there yeah. is a, there is a katana in the show. So. There is a katana. That's, that's the that's the that glue that binds us. Yeah. Uh, okay, Michael B says, "What's up, guys? I thought overall this was a pretty good episode, especially watching a man literally explode into nothing." Uh, I think he's on no, that's the a, that's that's an awesome funny, but it's not a good episode. No, I think he's on the Walking okay. Dead as far as train. I okay. hope. Uh, Me too. I, true, I, true. I do wonder why Rick is so hellbent on making a deal with these filthy trash people, as Negan would say. Also, when Daryl and Tara show up in just the nick of time, why would either Michonne or Rosita, neither Michonne or Rosita, say, hey, good thing you brought this giant truck because this building behind us just so happens to be filled with RPGs, grenades, and other things that could be useful in, I don't know, a war? <laughs> Stupid missteps as usual, but like an I said, war? I think a uh, pretty standout episode in an otherwise rough season. Uh, yeah, obviously, Michael B., I'm sorry to disappoint. We we don't agree on that. I think there were moments in this episode where you look at the show and say, damn, I wish it could be more like this more often, but there are also moments where you say, yep, this is Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I prefer this episode to, like, a last episode because it's it's funny. It, it had things that are unintentionally funny, and it had a scene or two that's good. But again, it's like... This is a slippery sliding scope and moving goalpost obstacle course of, oh, well, this season had four, like, half the episodes are good. There's one real turd and three forgettable to, like, oh, well, at least an episode or two. Like, they, they nailed the finale or they did enough of the fa- to, like, yeah. this is just, like, I'm hoping they do something so ridiculous I can laugh at it rather than be fucking bored to tears. Well, this is the thing. I This is why I maybe say this is the worst half season of The Walking Dead. It's because... I think every single episode so far has been one of those turds. Yeah. And it has, like you said, the the shiny golden nugget. That's what corn. I'm saying. Like, yeah. But even if they go just like perfect in these final two, if they if they bat a thousand on the final two episodes, I still think this is the worst season of the show. Yeah. Because it's already unsalvageable. Yeah. Like, what would they have to do in the final two season to episodes? I, I mean, for me to excuse six episodes of bullshit? Yeah. Nothing. They, there's nothing they could do. I think they've yeah. already ruined that possibility. Well, that's so. a shame. But, yeah, you're right. It's like this is the point. It's kind of like in every football season where you realize your team's not going to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like some teams get that earlier than others. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I feel like it's ready to go. This 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 season of Walking Dead is not going to the Super Bowl. No, when you're nope. 0-12. <laughs> nope. Not even going to make the wild card round. No. Nope. It's going to be drafting very highly in the draft this year. All right, um, Joshua says, why in the world is suddenly everyone breaking up and going out to do their own missions just because they do not like the overall status of the war so far? Isn't everything playing out exactly like they all agreed on? Yes. Besides the kingdom deaths, like everything... It's been, it's been a costly victory, right? but it's so far been a victory. Every battle has been a victory. Yeah. 
Beside the Kingdom of Deaths, everything went as planned, and there is zero reason for anyone to be upset with progress. To be fair, if things are not going as planned, uh, we would have no idea since we are never clued into what the strategy was. And I think that's a super important point, and I think it's one we kind of made in in the main recap, but we don't understand why they're going off script because we don't have the script. Right. And it, to... I, I just wish I could see why Daryl thinks that Rick's plan isn't going to work. Well, I like, think what is it about they're, they're, the overall plan that would tell him that? You're right. I think we're supposed to understand emotionally that Daryl doesn't feel like Rick can do the thing that needs to be done to win, mm-hmm. and that he Daryl can more can can easily do that. So he's he's gonna like, and I, I think this is kind of like a like if this was a better show, this would be a huge discussion because this is the guy. Who like remember in season two in the farm? Um, this is the guy who drug this guy in to be executed and tortured, and then Rick said got cold feet, and then like like Daryl looked at him all confused, but like okay, well fuck yeah. it, uh, you're the boss. This is now the guy working behind Rick's back because he doesn't think he's got like this is something that's been brewing for a while for sure. Yeah, but I, I just wish the, the show itself doesn't like take a moment to appreciate that. Like I, I mm-hmm. guess they, 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 I guess Gimple might rightfully say, "What more do you want?" They had a fucking fight, had a fist fight. Yeah, Daryl choked no, Rick out and demonstrated the superiority of his viewpoint mm-hmm. of uh, holds like illegalities of war in a post post Geneva apocalypse zombie society is stupid. Yeah, I, I just wish that clearly going to the trash people is phase two of this plan and has always been phase two of this plan. It wasn't an audible that rick called uh-huh. if it had been an audible because okay we lost the kingdom we need more people if if we understood right that, this is a that desperate phase, act of if a we desperate understood man. that phase two of this plan needed an extraordinary amount of people to accomplish right then the setback of losing the kingdom would be important and i could see why daryl might go off the reservation and say no we're fucked right the trash people are never going to help us they they backstab and us we already. can logically evaluate those claims right but we have no idea what's coming up we're not right privy to the plan so we just throw our right. fucking hands up and say yeah they, they were always going to go to trash people even though they didn't lose the kingdom right so so what has changed daryl why are you not on board with this plan anymore and and yeah like is it possible that like they needed 200 and now even with the trash people they're only gonna have at best 150 and right. like daryl's like well we're fucked we can't play I, I yeah it just seems like he's impatient it's it's never questioned it's never brought up no one ever articulates that idea so we're left to just kind of twist yeah, and again, there's ways, because that's how real life is, right? Like, real life, a nation goes to war, and not everybody, like, there's people that are, you know, marching in the streets against it. There are people that are rah-rah, support our troops. There's people that are ambivalent in the middle. Like, you can tell that story. You can't, sure. but it's a big boy story to tell, and you can't do it with Lincoln Logs and fucking wooden blocks. You but know? I don't feel like your generals would be like... Yeah, that's true. I, I'm, I'm just I that's don't I don't true. agree with this plan anymore. Even though we won every victory, right. we planned on winning. The casualties right. were too high. I'm off. Right. I'm done. Right. And now I've got my own plan. <laughs> right. Yeah. These are these are not the underlings we're talking about. You know. So. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Devil Aaron T says the Rick and Trash People segments of this last episode are so mind-numbingly stupid that I just can't fathom the reason why these writers force so much extra bullshit into the show. In what world does Rick walk up to a group that just betrayed him, armed with Polaroids that supposedly provide enough evidence that the saviors are losing? Why would you even want to work with these people ever again? The answer is the real in-world Rick wouldn't do this. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's a bad plan, and and we don't we don't we don't understand plan. why he's doing. That's the thing. Well, I mean, it's it's a bad idea to try and get these people back on your side. Yeah, yeah, like you know, once is an accident. What it what's that phrase they had that was was that in a James Bond? Like once once is an accident, twice a coincidence, three and in is an enemy action. Hmm. Like how many times does garbage people have to betray you? To where you're already you're already in this peace proposal acknowledging that they totally fucking welched on the last peace pro- this is like kind yeah. of the Jesus thing in micro like in macrocosm sure um i yeah it's it's really dumb soul crushing uh okay michael in durham england so i stumbled across your game of thrones podcast over 2 years ago and introduced my girlfriend to it we both love it uh he's never emailed before but he <laughs> Uh, he just wanted us to know that ever since he saw Rosita turn someone into confetti, he's been laughing in pure anticipation of our reaction to that scene. I hope that we we delivered the goods. Yeah, it was because holy shit, it was it was it was it was a it, it's a for better or worse top ten moment of Walking Dead. It is, yeah. Uh, he he goes on. I wish the, worse, this whole worse. series yeah, wasn't so dumb. Uh, I think the story has such a good backbone. Like a genuine all-out war versus Negan could be fantastic. But the non-plan telling is stupid. Rick has clearly got himself captured on purpose, and Daryl and company aren't going rogue. They're just doing the next step of the plan, in my opinion. Really? You think so? I think they're going rogue. Uh, just a stupid way of trying to make us think that they've lost faith in Rick and continue well, then, the that, stupid so that's, morgalizing. That's, that's just outra- lying to your audience. That's outrageous. If yeah. it turns out that this was also part of the plan, because there's a way you can say... We're sticking to the plan. We got to we, everyone. We can't sulk. We got like they're not telling that story. They're telling was, the story. Was of, the headlock part of the plan? Yeah, right. The headlock that destroyed all the weapons you wanted to get was that, that Rick part says of the plan? This isn't how we're going to do it. Like, yeah, no, no, I can't see it. Sorry, Michael. Um, Alex A says the show is not bold enough to have Rick and Daryl truly at each other's throats. That was a, a cop out fight. No real emotional stakes. This has been a peeve of mine since season four when they set up Daryl's reaction to Rick banishing Carol and then wussed out. Daryl almost punches Rick, and then the scene is interrupted by the fall of the prison and never dealt with again. I remember thinking it would have been way more interesting if they really went there with Daryl and Rick and made them have a genuine falling out before they were separated in season four. That would raise attention when they see each other again, and Daryl's on the road with the claimers uh, who want to kill Rick and Carl. That's the perils of not having any kind of roadmap, even though they have a very successful and award-winning comic series in which to model the show on. <laughs> yeah, it's tough writing when you have a blueprint. I mean, that it's makes really the, hard. That's the, that makes the Vince Gilligan analogy even more absurd. Uh-huh. It'd be like if fucking the Double D's said that. Can you imagine the fan base if they'd be like, you know, we just kind of like want to mix it up, keep it fresh, write ourselves in the corners. Like, what the fuck? You're following a book, <laughs> right? What the fuck? Like, you know, um, I, I I don't know. It It's it's sad. John O says, I thought it was hilarious when the dying savior said that short-haired psycho lady describing Carol. And Rick and Daryl both go immediately go, oh, that's Carol. <laughs> Reminds me of when Gareth the Terminus called her the queen bitch who killed my mom. I love hearing Carol described by her enemies. They're right. absolutely terrified of her. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like she's the fucking ghost. She's the Grim Reaper. Like she's the widow. Yeah. That, that Negan should worry about. And he doesn't even know. Absolutely. Caroline Z, who should raise the baby? I thought Aaron was going to, but he didn't seem interested. I think it would be a nice step for his character. He seems like he'd be a loving dad. Where would you like to see Aaron's art go from here? 
So who should raise? Who do you think should raise this baby? I think Judith should raise the baby. I think they should raise each other. Carl should take <laughs> Carl should take Judith and raise her with all the nuggets of wisdom he got from. Yeah, teach her how to make terrible pancakes. Oh, te- Carl and Enid could raise the baby to, together. Oh my god! Perfect. Oh my god! Teen mom in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> teen mom I and teen love dad. Love everything. Well, it goes without <laughs> saying. Teen teen mom always has a teen dad. I don't know that that's true. I didn't say teen. I didn't say like teen husband or anything. But mm-hmm. like, if it's not a teen dad, then that dad's probably in jail or should be right. Yeah. No, so probably. yeah, Teen Mom, Teen Mom and Zombie Apocalypse. I, that's I don't think I can come up with a better answer than that. <laughs> awesome. Like maybe again, again, they 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 recast the show because they're gonna have to, and they bring in Guy Ferrari, yep. see what he has to do. But honestly, that's we. They should turn over The Walking Dead to us, and we will we will be um, a shadowy supergroup. Of uh-huh. the showrunner that is collectively referred to as Guy Ferrari, like Daft Punk. Okay. Who's Daft? Awesome. Who's Punk? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're just two dudes that hang out in robot suits. No one knows who they are. They make awesome music. We don't have yeah. to make this humiliating for you. Like I get it. Jim and Aaron hired to showrun The Walking Dead. Harshest critics flipping in the keys. That's <laughs> that's a that's that's like that's a bad that's a bad headline to read. It is. We will wear the robot costumes. <laughs> we we will we wear the silk shirts we'll, with the flames. Yeah, we we can we can do this. We can we can have the special sauce. No one has to know. It can be an under the table kind of thing. Yeah, we need to we need to change that org petition to get <laughs> Guy Ferrari hired. Yeah, yeah, and it's secretly us. Yes, who's Guy and who's Ferrari? I don't know. You have to tell. Only only mm-hmm. our only our closest fans will be able to tell. Uh, let's see. Christopher H says Ezekiel and Carol have both been acting for so long, but they can be real around each other. Do you think they are a good romantic match? And if so, why? Who? Uh, Ezekiel and Carol. I thought they were good. I I thought they were a good emo- a romantic pa- a romantic um pair until this season. Because it's one thing, like if you were like if she was truly in love with Ezekiel and like you know support him through a tough time, but I think it's going to be tough for a woman like Carol to see this guy just completely lose his shit and be and sulk on this scale and be able to respect him enough to have a kind of a success. I mean, they could have some kind of weird ass weird relationship where she just browbeats him and dominates him all the time. <laughs> I mean, Carol's uh, been there though, right? Maybe she's got she? a little bit of sympathy or empathy. When has Carol ever been this craven in ever? Like, even back to season one, like, when she was getting popped by her fucking trash husband, she was not, like, exactly... I mean, everyone... She wasn't a doormat, right? No, I think she was. I mean... I don't know. That was certainly my reading of it. I mean, I'm not blaming her I for felt that. Like I'm once, just saying. Once Shane beat that guy's ass, there's a scene in particular where, like, you know, her de- her husband is trying to get her daughter in the tent alone with them for probably nefarious purposes, and yeah. she's like, "No, fuck off." And like, from that point on, I think that she resolved to be a strong a strong character. Sure. And there was an evolution. Like, she wasn't quite there in season two, but like, certainly by the end of season three, she was there. And I yeah. just feel like that person is going to see a person like Ezekiel that, like, you you could have been, you know, we could have been this power couple, but you got to the point where I got, and I picked up a fucking rocket launcher and a firework, or no, not even a rocket launcher. I had a firework and a assault rifle, and I killed a camp full of cannibals, single womanly. Yep. So, you know, like, you, you got to that part and you shit the bed, Ezekiel. You didn't pick <laughs> up the firework. 
you're sulking in here and with the, holding the sad ass chain that used to hold a badass tiger, and it's not a good look. And I don't think you it's can. Not. I don't think you can turn that around in a romantic relationship. I'd also just be worried about, like, are you are, are are you being real here? Like, yeah. you're really into this, right? Just yeah. like that whole fake it till you make it thing that we talked about before. Yeah. That doesn't apply to us, right? Yeah, true, true. No, okay, good. You, no, okay, all right. I just every day they have that conversation. They wake up, they look at themselves, they roll over in bed, and they say, "Faking it." Did you? Did you watch The Talking Dead? No, I watched like 15 minutes of it because I was uh, eating lunch here at the office, and I'm like, okay, I can't, I, you know, I can't take my notes yet because I got need both hands for that. So I'll watch a little bit of The Talking Dead. Melissa McBride looks really, really beat down and like very, very hard for her to engage with Chris Hardwick's. Oh, yeah. Like he wants to delve into her relationship with this. Now, did you know that the guy, the kid that plays Henry is the younger brother of the person who played Sophia? Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. Okay. And what's amazing is I got none of like, like. Chris is trying to play that up, like, oh, that's something showrunners did to, like, give you a connection, and, like, it's supposed to be a constant reminder of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I, wow, wow. Grasping straws. Yeah, like, that, sh- yeah, that, that chemistry should all be there, but, like, I'm, I'm not really getting it. I don't think it's her fault. She's still heroic for trying to do what she's doing on this damn show, but she sure looked tired and kind of beat down on the show last night. Yeah. All right, Nola B. It's not your fault, Melissa. You're pretty awesome. Final email. Uh, says, I'm getting tired of The Walking Dead recycling the same storyline with Carol and children. We've seen Carol love and lose Sophia, Lizzie and Mika, and Sam. I don't need her to be the mean to this kid, and then he melts her cold heart. I've literally seen that exact story with Jesse's son. Do you think there's something poetic about Carol reliving her loss as a mom again and again through other children, or are they just pigeonholing her with the same plot for no reason? It feels a little pigeonholey. I think it, it would be kind of cool for her. Like, I wish that her and Enid had gotten, uh, like, a bond. Because that – she's not mourning a son that she lost. She's mourning a daughter. So, like, Enid is kind of like that wild child, strong, independent personality that, like, Carol – like, that's, like, Carol's perfect daughter. Why haven't – why have they kept them apart so much on the screen? Like, I like, I like I Enid know. and Carl as much as the next person, but – why Enid would bond with Maggie over, like, Carol. Now I understand that Carol wouldn't go looking for it or want it, but, like, that's, I guess that's the child pairing if you're going to force one on Carol that would be interesting like, and productive. Like, you know, yeah. like, Carol's got to, like, like, like would, would Carol, like, care and love for this child who is such a headstrong, risky person in the zombie apocalypse? Like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, embracing your worst qualities. I mean, they'd have to let her pair up with a kid who isn't going to die within six episodes yeah in order for anything like that to happen yeah and that's another another reason so. why like i even if the hilltop sucked it broke her and carl up it it, it broke it, like i never i never like Enid's not gonna fucking wet nurse or dry nurse or whatever like i don't even know like that's i think i just implied that she'd be breastfeeding maggie's da- daughter she's not gonna fucking do any of that shit she's definitely not gonna do that no i mean I, and also it's like is that is that healing? Like, are they trying to say that, like, because she is trying to do that, it's, like, healthier than... I don't know. I don't know, man. I like I, this I like this single child who is part of a group but not part of a group and kind of, like, semi-feral. And mm-hmm. I, I really like that, and they've destroyed that version of Enid. Maybe we'll get her back that she's mounting up for the all-out war campaign. Maybe. Noted. I feel, I feel like she needs to. she needs another Glenn yeah. in her life. Mm-hmm. 
Glenn was a pretty good influence. I think that's what it was. Maybe they, they had the thing with her and Glenn, and they tried to transition it to her and Maggie, and yeah. it just didn't quite work. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not not working for me. I don't think it's bad. I just, it doesn't do much for it's me. It's not as good as a fan fiction I just wrote about Car- Carol and, yeah. and Enid. That's true. Trying to re- raise a rebellious teenage daughter in a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that's it. All right. That's all I got. If you'd like to send us feedback, as always, watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can also follow Bald Move on all the social medias. Just search for Bald Move in the search bar. If we don't come up, it's because we're not on it. Uh, and you can always search. Uh, you can always just go to baldmove.com straight to the source and hang out at our forums, forums.baldmove.com, if you'd like to uh, mourn The Walking Dead with us each week as mm-hmm. we post an article and go through the motions of covering the show. Uh, we'll be back this weekend. Melissa McBride on the show. Melissa uh, McBride this, this week. Aaron's sitting out. Melissa McBride is taking his place. <laughs> Very ambivalent about what she's doing uh, and what she's a part of, and 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 what she has wrought. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, we'll be back next week, and right. uh, we'll have a live watch and all the rest. Podcast on Tuesday, like we always do. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>